Hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless. I'm your host, James Avramenko, and this week we're doing a very special January Little Guy wrap-up episode. So I've written up some notes on how January went, some thoughts I've been having coming out of some really intense therapy sessions that I thought I would share with everyone. Um, You know, I am someone who really loves to um, share my process, share my experiences, sometimes overshare, who knows? But I've got a little thing prepared that I'll share, and then we're going to get to some really fun listener questions. I love this month's questions, and uh, I think you're going to do too. So let's dive right in. So 2024 is here. Happy New Year. I uh, realize it's a little late, but uh, here we are. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I always kind of have to laugh. Um, One, because New Year's Eve is probably one of my least favorite holidays of the year. But also, I just find the whole attitude and the whole sort of tradition of the new year resolution to be um, really uh, comical, um, if if I'm being totally honest, but also like it's very destructive when you actually look at it. You know, it's like we're expected to reset our lives. You know, we're supposed to address all our bad behaviors and reboot our schedule in the dead of winter, exactly when our nervous systems um, want to do the exact opposite. You know, we want to hibernate. We want to close off. We want to get cozy and we want to shut down. We don't want to suddenly start going out more. We don't want to readdress all of our of all of our, our habits and our and our instincts. We just want to shut down. And, you know, I think that that is a much softer perspective. Save the resolutions for spring. You know, um, wintertime is a time for closing off for quiet for uh for reduction not introduction (laughs) so for me you know the only resolution i made i i'd already been doing right you know the things about my sobriety um the things about sort of addressing some mental health issues i was having the things about addressing relationship issues i was having you know the way i was showing up in relationships these kinds of things i was already in the process of addressing um so my my if i had one i would say the only actual resolution i had at the start of the year was really just to be mindfully more kind to myself to just do my best every time i catch myself having one of those you know self uh self-defeating looping negative thoughts to just catch it look at it sit with it thank it and then remind myself that you know i forgive myself i love myself and i'm doing a lot better than i give myself credit for i've realized you know it doesn't have to be this hard life doesn't have to be hard i have all the tools i need Sometimes I don't want to use them, and sometimes I do, and both are fine. But at the end of the day, no matter what, I forgive myself and I love myself. And that's really the only kind of habit shift, I guess, that um, I have really been actively and mindfully implementing every day since the start of January. As I've been reflecting on the last year and on where I'd like to go you know, forward, I realized that I've spent a lot of my sort of, I guess, public time talking about experiences and and you know relationships and 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 doing this funny dance of like both i think giving it too much time and also not actually being as open and honest as i really want to because you know it involves other people and it involves their privacy and it involves their interpretation and their experience but that has ended up really muting me and really um hindering my ability to properly express myself 
And that has caught me in this this like spin cycle of really wanting to feel heard, to feel validated. And and it, it's caused this almost like fetishization of this concept of justice. Like if only I could tell my story clear enough, if I was open enough and I found the exact right words, then not only would I be believed, but the pressure that I feel in my mind and in my body would somehow magically be relieved. And what I've come to realize is that justice doesn't exist. Things just happen. People do what they're going to do. They make choices, and then the people around them have to live with the consequences of those choices. I've made choices that people have to live with, and I have to live with. Other people have made choices that they now have to live with, and I have to live with. And I can't make anyone do anything. I only really have control over myself how I behave and how I react to what other people do. So I'm trying really hard to release this need for justice, this need for validation externally, and instead just really actively eat it. There will be no justice. There will be no clarity. There will be no truth. There will be no accountability. That's not something that is of interest to the people who have treated me the way that they did. And so I can't keep waiting around and begging for validation from people who are never going to give it. And in, you know, those dark moments, I feel a lot of guilt and I feel a lot of shame for allowing myself to get caught in those cycles. And so, you know, looping back to what I was saying, w the way I'm trying to reframe it right now is just, I forgive myself. I don't forgive the other people. And what's great is that I don't have to. See, I think that there's this mistranslation in the concept of forgiveness. You know, I see memes and these like would-be gurus who appropriate these concepts of like living a peaceful life and forgiveness. And I just, the more I think about it, the more I think that they're missing the point. To me, to live a life of peace isn't to stop feeling anger, fear, resentment, revulsion. It's to learn how to live with those feelings. Living a full life isn't about closing yourself off from the full spectrum of what our bodies can feel. Like we developed the ability to feel these things for a, a survival reason, you know? And I think it's more about learning how to tolerate those feelings, to sit with them and accept them as a part of us. And I think we create a level of suffering for ourselves when we reject those parts. Because the truth of the matter is there are parts of me that feel fury. There are parts of me that feel utter disgust. There are parts that feel lonely and rejected and afraid. And I'm learning that it's so much more fulfilling to not only accept, but to love every part of ourselves. It's not to stop feeling them. It's to recognize that that feeling is a part of my life. And that's beautiful. And it's beautiful to feel anger. It's beautiful to feel sadness. It's beautiful to feel joy. But every feeling is benign. And it's not, they don't come with a story. They come with a reaction that we then interpret as a story. And I think it's really helpful to remove those narratives. And instead of saying, you made me angry, say, oh, something has happened and I feel angry about it. And I'm going to do something about it because you clearly are not safe enough to help me out. So I'm going to step away and I'm going to deal with that. And you can do whatever the fuck it is you're doing. And, you know, coming back to this idea of forgiveness, it, it, it feels harder than it actually is. You know, I 
was raised to be terrified of making mistakes, which I still do all the goddamn time. I misspeak. I act out. I panic. I, I, you know, this, that, the other thing I do, whatever. What I don't do and what I've never done is to become fully destabilized. As I reflect on what's happened in my life, I realized, you know, I've never been out of control. I've never been an actual danger to myself, to the people around me. I know I've been interpreted by some as being dangerous. And while that's painful to hear, I also know that that is a misrepresentation. I'm not dangerous, and I never have been. There is the potential for danger in any situation. But I recognize within myself that I have never lost control in the way that others in my life have and in the way I've seen people in this world lose control. And I find that very comforting. And I find it to be much easier to forgive myself when I look at myself and I recognize, yes, I behaved badly, but I didn't behave dangerously. And there is a difference. And this is dipping a toe into territory that I, I admittedly am hesitant around, right? Because there's this really funny balance between being honest and then being misinterpreted. And I think within ourselves, I think we all, I, you know, this is something I was talking about in therapy the other day, is, you know, I think we have these internal narratives to, to prop ourselves up, which end up just propping up our ego, right? You know, we, we, we make excuses for ourselves because in our minds, we're the hero of the story. You know, we couldn't have done bad things because we're good you know, we are the good guy. And so what we did, we did for good. And if it was misinterpreted or if it was misrepresented or if it hurt someone, that's not my fault because what I did was good. And then when others do something, especially when they do something to us, well, they're bad guys, right? They did something bad. And I'm realizing that that is such a juvenile narrative. The idea of impact versus intention is so nuanced. And I think it's been really weaponized because it doesn't allow for grays. It it becomes either it doesn't matter what you meant or it becomes it only matters what you did. And I think, you know, human interaction is so much more context based than we give it um space for especially in societal conversations or even interpersonal one-on-one -on -one conversations if you're not speaking to someone who has any interest in seeing you as a person you no longer are in a space where logic holds any weight and so you can't approach it with logic realistically what you have to do is just get the fuck out but if you're there you're not in a logical place so you can't reason your way out of it but coming back to this idea of this internal narrative, you know, th the truth is sometimes I'm an asshole and, you know, it isn't because I dysregulate. It isn't because I have trauma. It's because in that moment I've decided to be an asshole. And this is really something that I'm looking at and unpacking and really digging into. I have made a deal with myself that I no longer am allowing myself to use my trauma as an excuse for my behavior. And I'm also no longer allowing others to do the same. We always have a choice. In every situation, we know what our values and our integrity would tell us to do. And we have a choice to act within that integrity or to act without it.
So we can choose to act with integrity or we can choose to play the victim. We can choose to, you know, remove our own autonomy and hide from taking responsibility for ourselves. But I think that that cheats us and the people around us from genuine interaction and genuine validation. Because, you know, it's okay to be an asshole. You still deserve love. It's not okay to be an asshole and then justify it because of something else. So for me, it's about owning it, right? Just own it. I decided to be an asshole there. And, you know, I recognize the consequences of that and I will live with those. I'll take accountability. And if that's accepted, great. And if it's not, great. I'm still deserving of love. You're still deserving of love. It's when we hide behind, oh, I get to behave like this because I was traumatized. No, 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 no. That's not healing. And that's not helping anybody. That's just making excuses. And it's watering down the pool of the conversation around trauma healing and around what is our personal responsibility towards our mental health. You know, you're not responsible for being traumatized. You are responsible for what you do afterwards, though. And when you keep re-traumatizing yourself and others with the excuse of you've been traumatized you're you're just <laughs> it's so fucking dangerous and it's so fucking hurtful and i'm exhausted by people who are using those terms in the way they show up in social interactions i've realized that how someone treats you is what they think of you and we always have a choice what somebody tells you doesn't matter what they do does Personally, I know I have relied on my internal narrative too often of, you know, my trauma informing my decisions. I've come to see how self and externally destructive that can be. It perpetuates this, this victim mentality that has allowed me to skate past taking accountability for myself. And while, you know, this isn't a platform for me to list off all the mistakes I've made, it also is a place where I can talk about the need for accountability. The thing is, public forums are not places of accountability. Internal places, your mind, your heart, the people you have directly wronged, those are the spaces for accountability. I have no interest in big, grand sweeping, you know, put on my puppy dog eyes and go on YouTube and talk about I'm learning and healing. Fuck all that shit. That's disingenuous and it means nothing because it's not an action, it's words. And words are fucking lies every time. Accountability is about looking at yourself, recognizing what behavior led you to where you are, and then actively and mindfully changing that behavior, which leads me to um, something I got pretty deep into in therapy this week, which was this, this concept of, so my therapist had asked me, what is the difference to me between saying someone hurt me versus someone wronged me? And my homework was to first to unpack those two terms and then to ask which one feels easier to forgive. And what's funny is that as I sat with these ideas and I started to unpack them, what I recognized was, you know, I had this surface interpretation, right? So it felt like on first blush, hurt feels like a word that is um, subconscious and wronged felt conscious right someone hurt me and that was through you know behaviors um that maybe they can't control maybe they can't necessarily um take ownership of whereas someone wronged me felt knowing right they knew this is wrong and they did it anyway it was a knowing conscious decision that was sort of my first take and then as i started to talk it out in session i started to realize that they're the same word they're they're not actually different and neither of them 
have to be forgiven. Because that was that other section, right? was this idea of like, which of those two words feels more forgivable? And as I sat with them and as I realized the implications of both, I realized that I have been so desperate to forgive people who are not asking for forgiveness. So it doesn't matter if somebody hurt me or wronged me. Either way, I don't forgive them and I don't need to. There's no need to forgive someone in order to live a life of peace. In fact, in some cases, it's probably more peaceful to not forgive someone, to keep them out of your life, to keep that boundary up, to recognize they hurt you, they wronged you, and they are not changing. They are not asking for your forgiveness. They are not asking for your softness, and you keep on giving it to them as if if you love someone harder, somehow they'll their eyes will open up and they'll have this realization and they'll see what they're doing and they'll go, oh my God, I've been so mistaken. Mine eyes were blind, but now I see all that horse shit, right? And I realized in that moment, I've been living through a type of self-gaslighting and, and a type of inadvertent manipulation. You know, I, I tell myself I forgive people because I'm a good person, right? Once more, these fucking internal narratives and this idea that if I forgive others, then they'll forgive me and we'll stay in connection. But there's people in my life who I need to not be in connection with. And that lack of forgiveness is actually what's going to protect my peace because they're not changing and they won't. They refuse to. I can't hold someone accountable. And in fact, no one can. You can't. This is another one of those things. It's like justice. Accountability is an internal process. It's not external. Accountability is self-reflection, self-awareness, and the desire to take action based on what has happened before and to change your behavior. And if somebody's hurt you and then disappeared, it's not on you to forgive them. And it's not on you to love them more in order for them to change. If someone wants forgiveness, it's up to them to be brave and to be egoless enough to ask for that forgiveness. Then, you know, you can discuss what actions would need to be taken for that to actually happen. And then they have to actually put their money where their mouth is and behave differently. And until they want to do that, they can kick rocks <laughs> because you got to remember without genuine internal desire to be accountable and to be vulnerable, there's nothing to forgive. The damage is done and it's now on the person who's been hurt to heal. You're never going to heal with the same people who hurt, hurt you. People change, people grow, people learn, people adapt. But if they've hurt you, and refuse to change, you will never heal in connection with them. And that's the last little segment. Stop believing what people say and start believing what people do. If they're not showing up, they don't want to. If they've hurt you and disappeared, that's on them. It's not a sign of your failure. It's not a sign that you are lacking in something. It's not a sign that you deserved the pain or whatever it is that happened. It's a sign that they are lacking in something. And that is not something that you can give to anyone. And so you have to just release that. Because if they disappear, if they cut you out of their life, that's their loss, not yours. So yeah, that's what I'm sitting with these days. <laughs> 
that's my big you know rant done i i i'm feeling so much lighter i'm feeling so much brighter i have passed a hundred days uh as of this recording i'm at 114 days sober and you know those first couple months it was like flushing my system it was like getting all that poison out of me and it was taking forever and it felt like i was never going to go out of it and then you know every day that's passed since i feel like this the clouds are parting and you know it's it's you know i'm taking it day by day right it's not like and everything's gonna be great forever but it just i feel so much lighter i feel so much happier i feel so much freer i feel inspired and i feel energized and i feel excited about tomorrow in a way that i haven't in a really long time so those are some thoughts. Let me know what you think. I'd love to keep the discussion going. This is obviously a much more nuanced, much deeper conversation than just one 20-minute recap can cover. But um, but it is something I'm endlessly fascinated by and something that I continue to sort of pick at. Um, but we're going to leave that there and we're going to shift over into... I got a couple listener questions this week over on Instagram. Thank you so much to everybody who sent one in. Uh, if you have a question you would like answered on a future episode, please don't hesitate to uh, send me a message on Instagram at FriendlessPod or TikTok at FriendlessPod. You can also email me, friendlesspod at gmail.com. Every answer is on the board. Anything, everything. I always love just random questions to, to chat about. So if you've got something burning a hole in your head, fire it my way and uh, let's talk about it. Speaking of random questions, uh, this little bundle is all over the place. Uh, first question is smooth or crunchy peanut butter? <laughs> and, you know, the it's funny. So I personally, I prefer smooth. Um, it's probably just the, you know, inner child in me, uh, something about textures, but, uh, I actually have, uh, a, a jar of crunchy in my cupboard right now because it was on sale. So I am working through it, but because it's my least, you know, my less preferred version, it's taking forever. And the guilt of buying something and food waste is stopping me from just buying smooth. So, um, instead I'm just not eating a lot of peanut butter lately, which, breaks my heart because i love it's one of my favorite spreads is that yeah yeah that doesn't sound too gross right <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to put on things so so it's breaking my heart uh but yes smooth over crunchy because i am a child <laughs> uh next question is have you read any good books lately and yes i have um so uh i've been on a tear recently uh i've read almost 30 books uh just in this month alone um kind of a swath between um comic books audiobooks and then i've also set a personal challenge to myself where i'm trying to read at least one book of poetry every week for the year um you know i was i was recognizing that i wasn't reading as much poetry as i have in years past and i was starting to feel a little stagnant in in my own writing so i set this little challenge and the best part about uh, poetry books is that um, they're small, right? You can usually read them in like a sitting or two, you know? So, so yeah, so I just broke 30 books or almost 30 books. I can't remember the exact number. Um, and yes, I've read a bunch that I'm loving. Um, so a couple that I would recommend, uh, You Better Be Lightning by Andrea Gibson is fucking incredible. Also, uh, Bimbo Land by E. Taylor, absolutely adored that collection cannot recommend it highly enough um i'm actually working on getting them onto the show um so so keep ears and eyes peeled out for that one because i think it'll be a fabulous fabulous interview 
Um, another one I randomly picked up is this little collection of like one to two page short stories called, uh, let me try and get this right, Autosarcophagy or Autosarcophagy. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but um, it's by Helen Kova and it's gorgeous. It's um, just these tiny micro stories that are just like heart stopping and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So cannot recommend that highly enough. Um, on the flip side, a little bit more sort of like workbooky, um, nonfictiony. Um, I'm always recommending Unmasking Autism. I think everyone should read it, whether you are autistic or not. Um, and I'm also working my way through the Stop Walking on Eggshells workbook. Um, if you know understanding personality disorders is more your bag, so so there's a little swath of recommendations to check out. Um. And uh, let me know what you think. Are you reading any good books? I'm always in the market for recommendation. I love buying books and then having them sit on my shelf for three years before I finally go, oh, my God, that book, right. And I pick it up and, and read it. So, so if you've read anything good, please recommend it my way. Uh, the next question, <laughs> how's Steve? I have no idea. Um, Steve and I haven't spoken in a long time. I, uh, I hope he's well. You know, I uh, haven't heard from him in years. His family misses him. And uh, I really hope um, he reaches out soon. <laughs> I actually, I followed up with the person who asked this question because I was like, who the fuck is Steve? And they were like, ah, I was taking a shot, the shot in the dark to see if you knew a Steve. <laughs> and of all the common names, Steve is a name that I'm not super acquainted with. I don't know if it's because, you know, Steve's, Stevens in my life in the past have, I wouldn't say uh, uh, uniformly because I've known some good Stevens, but I've also known some real dickheads. So um, it's a name that I find myself leery of. But uh, but currently in my in my in my 2024 friend circle or contact circle, I don't have any Steves. So, um, yeah, all you Steves out there. How you doing? How you doing, bud? <laughs> that actually kind of gets me thinking. Are there names out there that you hear and you immediately, no matter what, it's like red, red flag? Um, th there's a. Oh, what's the word? Uh, there's this term nominative, nominative determinism, which is like you become what you're named. Right. So, you know, somebody who's named Damien might not necessarily grow up to be the nicest guy or, um, you know, you name your child, I don't know, queen. And they you, the idea is that they embody the 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 the, the uh, characteristics of your name. You know, are, are there names out there that that raise red flags to you that you're like, hmm, if you become a that name you're going to be a real piece of work i i don't want to throw anyone under the bus and i don't really want to like cause any drama but there's definitely there there are names now that um are very common that i'm encountering that i'm like uh-oh not another one to use but uh but uh, i am gonna take the coward's way out with this one and i'm gonna keep it close to my chest what those names are um next question is what do you think of long distance friendships and personally, I think that they're absolutely fabulous. Um, you know, I think that the older you get, the harder it is to see people regularly. Um, and on top of that, you know, for me personally, in my experience, you know, getting sober has completely altered my social life. I, you know, you can't rely on, on the parties anymore to see everybody. And, you know, thank God for that. 
but it also it, it means you have to be a lot more proactive in when you see people, how you see people, if you're seeing people. And, um, you know, long distance used to be much harder. And again, it still takes a lot of really mindful practice. It's something that I continue to struggle with. You know, I have no object permanence. So it's very difficult for me to remember um, all the things I need to do if I'm not like staring at in my staring right at, in my face you know um you should see where i'm recording this my corkboard is just filled with just shit to not re forget because i am you know it's in one eye out the other one but um i do think that long distance relationships are fundamental and and i think they're easier than ever um and they don't have to be about quantity right you know I've, i talk about this a lot in interviews it's it, to me a friendship isn't about quantity it's not about seeing every someone every day talking every day whatever it might be it's about quality and it's about knowing that the times you are connected you are connected completely in that moment together you know and and i think um long distance it's difficult to create that type of connection but i think that there is ways to do it you know whether it's by planning phone calls video calls whether it's you know um, not just doing sort of cursory text check-ins but like if you text somebody you know maybe you set some time aside and you make sure that this is this is my window to text you and so i'm going to be responding really regularly or whatever it might be you know um and i think i think um in a lot of ways the older i get the more i rely on long distance friendships and so yeah no i'm a i'm a big fan huge supporter and um and i think everybody should uh should write to a friend that they haven't spoken to or seen in a long time and just see how they're going and uh put some time aside for them the last question of the week is a big one how are you doing <laughs> and you know i it, how much time you got you know um realistically this answer changes hour to hour day by day but you caught me on a good upswing january was a lot uh there were a lot of ups there were a lot of downs and i think coming out of it i am on the upswing and you know there's there's a lot still to do and there's a lot still to to heal which will come you know uh, i think i'm almost interested in taking a little bit of a step back from this self-analysis i think i've gone a little too hard on myself and i think uh, it's more about just accepting who i am where i am what's happened is now over so fuck it you know and just let myself be at peace and um yeah, no, I'm doing really good. Shit is hard. Life is fucking hard. Some crazy fucking shit went down at the end of the year that um, really derailed me. And uh, I continue to sort of like just be uh, almost like in shock. Um, but it's also not, it's not real. Uh, or I'm, I, I don't have to make it real. You know, I, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I'm still doing it. And, and. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that, you know? And so I think overall I'm doing a lot better than I give myself credit for. And, um, you know, uh, we were talking uh, in therapy the other day and you, I was recognizing that, you know, I could make a list of 20 things I'm doing great, but the second I land on one thing that I'm doing badly, I'm energized, I'm fixated. I'm, I'm like, ah, ha ha, I found the flaw, you know, the, 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 the kink in the armor, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and, um, I think that, uh, where I'm at is I'm really good and I'm really happy. And, um, and that doesn't mean things aren't hard. It, it doesn't mean I don't have moments of real sadness and real anger and real, um, 
pain. And at the same time, too, it's not about ignoring them. It's about giving them the space they need and recognizing they don't actually need that much space. And um, the more I give them the floor, the less room they actually want to take up. And the more room there is for joy and excitement and curiosity and softness. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm coming out of a pretty hard window and I think I'm about to jump into some pretty exciting stuff. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, this just clicked into my brain. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm really excited about the writing projects I'm doing. I've been doing this. Uh, hey, sorry, I missed you. Novel and verse that is slowly but surely picking up speed. Check it out. There's a link in the show notes. I'm having a blast. February is about to start. It's going to be a new call or a new caller or whatever it is. Um, uh, my TikTok is is growing. Uh, I've got a video that's got almost two million views on it. It's unfucking believable. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how. I just put up a dumb thought one afternoon, and it now has two million views. And it's 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 wild. It's wild. Life is so fucking weird sometimes, and I love it. I love it. It's hard and it's weird, and and it almost never works out the way you want it to, and you just keep on living. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. So yeah, how am I doing? I'm doing pretty fucking good. How about you? How are you doing out there, huh? And that's it. That's all I got for this year. This year. For this month. God, I wish it was this year. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you like this show, please give it a five-star review wherever you listen. It helps me out so, so much. It's completely free for you. If you want more friendless content, don't forget to sign up for the weekly Substack. You're going to get a monthly curated playlist. You're going to get recommendations for books, music, movies, all kinds of fun stuff, things that I've been enjoying over the week. Uh, a little bit of a micro essay talking about, you know, something I've been thinking about um, that week. It's a ton of fun, and I'm really, really proud of what I've been putting out lately. So do check that out. Um, follow Hey Sorry I Missed You. Follow Friendless on Instagram, TikTok. Um, all those links are in the show notes, and um, they're a ton of fun. I'm just out here having fun, and I'm really excited about the next couple episodes that are coming coming down the pipeline. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's that's really it for me. So I'm just gonna wrap this up here. I uh, I really hope you come back for next week's episode. But hey, what do I always say? I'm not gonna worry about it, and neither should you, because that is then, and this is now. So for now. I'll just say I love you, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties.